Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotic. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buy and selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related.
after an intro like that. I mean, Christ. <laughs> hey, everybody. The fingers are on fire. That's right. Um, we do that intro every year. We do that every I, holiday show. We do that intro. Yeah. You can't help yourself. And it's uh, a guitar yes. riff, the jingle bells, and come on. Yeah. In your I, world, we guitar riff everything. That's so. right. <laughs> everything is a guitar riff As of some it type. Be. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, here we are, uh, the last show of the year. Uh, the, uh, oh, God. <laughs> episode so, number. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 227. Jesus. 227. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so tonight we're just going to be hanging out and uh, oh, yeah, catching up. Yeah, all the shenanigans take place tonight of of any type. Uh, if I didn't have to work tomorrow, I'd be hammered. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna indulge in some uh, some nice. Oh, you're, uh, oh, you're gonna be cocktail choice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't have work till nine, so that to me that's and, like a and, day. And you are the boss, so. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> I, I I have to deal with Jim, so. <laughs> Yeah, um, we uh, yeah we're just gonna be <laughs> yeah you're you're pretty lucky you can just come in hammer right um, um, uh, we're just gonna be hanging out talking about Morelia there's a couple of, uh, things that uh, have popped have popped up uh, that yeah. uh, we should uh, hit on um, so various topics of sorts um, and um, if you're listening live you can join us over in the uh, chat room. Um, and, uh, if you are not on the, uh, NPR chat, send us a request and we can, uh, add you on in there. But, uh, yeah, let the, uh, shenanigans commence. Um, <laughs> so how's it going with you, Owen? Oh, we're doing fine. We're just doing over here. Um, it's like, it, it, it's weird because we started the season and everybody's together and everybody's breeding. And then it turns 72 degrees outside, and they're staring at each other. And then they're, like, staring at me like, what do we do now? So yeah. it's, like, everything stops. Everything stops. They're all like, ah. And I'm losing my freaking mind. Of course, I keep having to remind myself it's just December. So, you know, if you're out there and you're breeding and your guys are kind of pumped the brakes, just the crazy weather we've been having in the Northeast, Calm down, give it time. It is only December, then the temps will drop back down. But it is definitely pissing me off because, you know, we were rocking and rolling. I was getting locks from a bunch of animals, and now it's like, eat. It's like, oh, great. Yeah, so. it's uh, one of my questions tonight um, was uh, was just that topic. Um, hold on, I'm telling everybody that we are opening up the phone lines. Uh, oh, tonight. dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the call-in number uh, is uh, 347-215-7359. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to uh, come on. Um, I'm waiting for Owen to, like, talk about um, what's his name, Shweddy Balls or something like that. What's that guy's name on Saturday Night Live? No one, it's, it's, no one can resist my Shweddy Balls. <laughs> I love that. All right. You got um, to do it completely monotone, like you yeah. have no idea what's happening. Yeah, you just got to do it like that. Like, <laughs> these, these 
sweaty balls. One can resist my sweaty balls. (laughs) (laughs) You find out you get a sweaty ball sick. So, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, one of the the things that I wanted to bring up, because this happened to me, what do you do... Uh, what happens to the breeding season if you have a spike in heat during the day? Do you think that that affects the uh, – so, Oh, that, that completely fucks so, you up. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah so um, I typically put the heater on um, in the in the daytime before I leave for uh-huh. work. And it's on a thermostat. And, yeah. um, well, it got 72 degrees outside. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of uh, kind of a crazy, <laughs> crazy well, day. Well, norm- normally around this time, what is the hottest your room will get? Ambient temp. Ambient temp for the day, probably I would say maybe eighty three would be the hottest. Agreed. You're exactly where I'm at now. Do you have the hot spots that click on and off too, or no? Yes. So okay. my hot spots are set at like eighty. I think eighty six. Right, and then at night the hot spots turn off down, and the turn heat in the ambient in the room turns off. Exactly. So you dip down at this point, you know, during the day, my room is eighty three. My hot spots are getting like eighty four, eighty five, but then at nighttime they're supposed to be dipping down into like the high seventies. Let's say seventy six, seventy seven, but it's not yeah. happening <laughs> because. Like, I went downstairs, all my systems clicked over to be like, okay, we're only supposed to let the cage get to 88. So they stopped putting heat power to the heat panels. But the cages themselves were only at 80 degrees. Like, they, they could not drop down any further because the room itself was 80 degrees because we're partially underground and the temperature outside was 72, 73. So it's like crap. <laughs> so it, it, it doesn't mean that the entire season's shot. It just might mean that we're all going to have a really, really late season, which is totally fine. Because, yeah, you know, I, if this starts getting into January, February, we're going to hit the temps of, like, 30s and 20s. We have to. Or we're all yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, we, I, the lowest my room has gotten so far was uh, this season has been 71. I, I haven't gotten down that low. I can't. I, I'm fighting to get um, down that low. So. Yeah, the uh, – um, I I I just got worried because this room ambient temperature spiked up to like eighty seven, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the hot spots were they turned off because the ambient was eighty seven, and um, luckily my wife is off during the winter, so she was home and. You know, she I get her to go in there and check it, and I have like a yeah. thermometer that's in the room. She kind of looked at it. She said, "Ah, I think uh, this is too high." Sent me a text message, and uh, I told her, "Turn off the heat immediately." <laughs> oh, know. the love of God! <laughs> Season assist all heating operations. So I'm just one. I'm worried that um, you know. It, I guess my question is, and I really don't know the answer to this, is like. Um, and maybe you would know is that do you find that if that happens, do the females reabsorb follicles? Does the the uh, the season shut like the male sperm die off? Or I mean, typically, uh, I would think that they like I've always thought like my approach to breeding is is that you want to keep the temperatures the same during the day, 
the nighttime is where the temperature, um, you know, drops, really drops yeah. and you want it to drop. And that, you know, that, that kind of steers you clear of our eyes. As long as the animal is able to warm back up during the day, you know, you could probably get as low as, uh, well, this is with carpets. Um, mm. I, you could probably get down there for a little while down in the 50s, wouldn't you think? You could. You could have like a day or two down in the 60s and 50s or one I mean, night and then spike it back up. As long as you have the spike back up, I mean, I'm dropping my brettles down to 65 at night and popping them right back up because they're in a side room. And that's yeah. hard for them to get them down to that cold at night too, but it's a little easier over there. So right. there have been a few nights where um, I'm waiting for the temperature outside to cooperate. Once mm-hmm. it gets down low enough, I'm probably just going to shut off all heat in the room for one night or two nights and then to get everything back down. But you're right. You, your stuff that can happen is, yeah, you can kill male sperm. You can have a reabsorbed follicles. We could all end up having a bunch of slug clutches. These are all things that could happen. And you're probably going to have one or two girls that it does happen to. Um, but most of the other ones, you got to think about it like you've seen, I've seen like one or two locks out of two of my pairs consistently. Everybody else is still kind of feeling each other out, so we haven't even gotten that far with certain other animals. So now, if we were in like, I don't know, early February and it spiked up into the 80s, I'd say we were totally screwed. Everything's screwed. So You think so? I, I, well, I don't think so, because at that point in February, you've gone through two months of cool down You've done this, you've done that. I mean, I know some people that aren't even really taking it too seriously with the cool down until after Christmas. So, I mean, we're kind of still in the beginning phases here. So if we hit a few rocky bumps when it comes to temperature, it's not going to be that bad. Does that mean that next year I may end up starting my season later because I don't want to run into this issue again? Probably. But, yeah. again, it's just telling me we're going to end up having a later season. Like, everybody's going to start having eggs in July and August or June. So, um, I know I, my experience as, um, with breeding, um, when I don't get the temperatures down low enough, I do not have success. I see locks. I agree. I uh, see all kinds of activity, but I did, never had females go the distance when I did not get below or at 70 degrees. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's my talk. That's my target spot, but it's, you know, it is dropping down here at night. Now for, for, for anybody that doesn't know, we're out on the East coast, we're up in the Northeast. Yep. Um, so, you know, I would imagine that this is the kind of temperatures, though, that are in Florida, and they seem to uh, be able to breed carpets down there, you know. So Yeah, I I, don't I, know. I think, like I said, it's like, what is it, next weekend it's going to dip down into the 30s? So it's like we're, we're getting there. It's just it's, it's, for, we had a few weeks of warm that before we start getting into the cold, and we're going to get down there. So, you know, it, it's you're right. We're going to get down to the 70 degrees at night. Um, it just might not be till January, February. So you might have one girl that gets totally cocked up by this, or you might have no problems. So. Now I find I, now I find with IJs um, that uh, you have to be at the you have to approach that from they have to be early. Um, they don't need quite a, a drastic drop um, 
Yeah. They need just like a a, a smooth breeze in the air. <laughs> you could probably blow on them and they would. They would why breed. won't my granite male breed with the jag I put him in right now? With Be- because answer me, IJs don't like you. Apparently not. <laughs> you you badmouth them too much. I do. <laughs> yeah, I flip him off every time I see him. Yeah. So this is true. So. Start talking yeah. nice to them, Owen, and maybe no. we'll have to... <laughs> Start producing babies, and I'll be nice to you. That's yeah. the Coastals. I love them. They make babies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess I'm going to click. I have a caller, 352 area code. I'm going to click them on and see who it is. 352. Oh, this could be. All right. Who's this? Maybe Maybe they're listening in. No, I think they're listening in. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think uh, if you want to, I forget how it works. I think that if uh, you call in and you want to get on the line, if you just push one, then I'll be able to to see that. Otherwise, it'll be in the host view. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just listening in. Just listening in. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) <laughs> Ruining it. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. All right. So, uh, so yeah. Um, uh, where's my? There's my spot. Um, okay. <laughs> so the uh, I, I find that um, I don't know. I find uh, that uh, carpets. That's one of the things that I kind of like about carpets is the fact that uh, you know they can withstand those. Uh, really cold temperatures. Um, right. I just kind of find that, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder with other pythons that maybe, I don't know, I guess all pythons kind of fall into the same thing, but it just seems that carpets from where they're from, it's a lot more um, seasonal, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, not mm-hmm. Like I, I find that, uh, you know, Indonesian stuff is maybe a little more sensitive to, uh, I completely agree with the Indonesian stuff being a little bit more sensitive, and I'm yeah. finding that some other things like the Dominican Republic are a little sensitive to that kind of crap too. Um, <laughs> so, no love for the Dominican Republic. I, I hate those things so much. They, <laughs> oh God. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, no. Um, it's 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 just a, and we've had this discussion. If I could go back in time, I would have nothing but bread lie in Linden diamonds. Hooray! <laughs> nothing bad can happen. Because <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I'm looking at my diamonds and it's like 70 degrees. And they're like, we are so freaking hungry right now. You should feed us. And right. like, I oh god, fantastic. And so it's it's even with my brettles right now. And they're like 60 degrees, and it's like food. So, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, later on in the show, um, I thought it would be cool. I don't know, maybe this is not cool, but I thought it would be kind of neat. Um, I, I, I came across um, this issue of the vivarium. And uh, for those who don't know, the vivarium used to be the reptile magazine in the U.S. Before reptiles, yeah. Yeah, this was kind of the... Uh, which is actually kind of good. Um, I see that, um, like, uh, Herp Nation, 
is uh very similar um yeah. to what to what this is. Um but anyway, there was an article in in here and it was called uh the new python in captivity from New Guinea. The New Guinea carpet python. Um and it was by oh, Dave one. and Tracy. Yeah. It was yeah. by Dave and Tracy Barker and um I just yeah, thought it would be interesting to sort of have a flashback to uh to sort of see what herpiculture was like in the 90s. And it also sort of hits the point of, like, you're told something is this when it's really that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's just an interesting article, and people may not have access to it. So I figured, why not read a little? It's, you know, it's not that long, and, uh, you know, I'll read it later on in the show. It talks about the... Uh, Philadelphia Inquisition. Do you remember that, Owen? No. So, no. Stay tuned. Not at all. <laughs> well, yeah. I just, I, it's like since this is a holiday episode, I imagine you now in a very tall wingback chair in front of a fire, <laughs> about to read a story uh, yeah. from the book, yeah. and just yeah. like you know, all gather around, kids. That's so, right. Go on, you know. That's right. Um, I don't know if you. <laughs> this is on a side note, but I don't know if you ever saw it, but. Uh, Christopher Walken reads The Night Before Christmas. Did you ever yes. see that? Oh, my Amazing. God. That's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Twas the night before Christmas. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, great. Yes. Anyhow, uh, um, a couple things. Though. So now, as we go into our breeding season, uh, like uh, uh, Australia, uh, our fellow breeders uh, across the world, um, they're actually hatching eggs out. And mm-hmm. we haven't really uh, mentioned this on the past couple shows simply because I wanted to give it its due process. And uh, Silver Pepper Inlands, oh. our good friend, oh. uh, Darren Whitaker, um, he actually um, proved it out to be recessive. Um, oh, they're gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He bred uh, so Silver pretty. Pepper to Silver Pepper and got all Silver Peppers. Um, so you can go check that out on his Facebook page. Uh, I know he's on Instagram and, uh, you know, pile of roughy babies. So wasn't that cool? I mean, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Can you imagine just a pile of rough tails? He told me they're mine. I just have to go get them from like (laughs) Australia. So that's when you drug me. They're mine. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I need you. Yeah. I'm the mule. <laughs> You're my so pet. We'll go down game. to hard time. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I listened to – he's supposed to come on the show at some point. Uh, I think uh, last time I talked to him was over the summer, and basically he was saying that uh, he wanted to go through this season, and then, uh, you know, he would come on and chat with us. So at some point next year awesome. he's going to – We'll get it. But uh, when I listened to him on um, uh, Reptile Radio Australia, some of the things that uh, – some points that he pointed out about that project was um, he wasn't sure um, if the, the parents were related or not, but the mm-hmm. assumed that they were. Um, he bought them as a pair, um, but they were very different. Um, the father had a lot of reds and browns, and the mother did not. Um, so it's kind of uh, – it's kind of assumed that uh, – Oh no, NPR won't load. That's a failure. <laughs> that's a failure that's, to communicate, Owen. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but okay. uh 
it, we are not technical at all, so we can't help you. So, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, he bred them together, and now pop. Can you imagine what it was like to 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 breed two inlands together and have that thing pop out? Can you imagine well, how cool that would be? I, I, not expecting I, I, told, I, I already told you, I'd panic. I'd be like, this thing can't stay with me. I'll kill it. Like this will be like <laughs> the one animal in my collection that like it slot somehow overheated and murdered just it. Like, oh, dear God, I, no, I wouldn't want to be. That's way too much freaking pressure, dude. Oh my God, look, a brand new this that. Now I must make sure it lives to breed with others. Oh hell no, I'm calling Nick. This thing is going right out to him. So <laughs> yeah, uh-uh, send it out. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh uh. I'm sending uh, it to somebody who's way better at this than I am. So. I'll name the, it and uh, send it to him. Done. So. <laughs> the, the, silver, yeah, the silver peppered inlands, um, for those people that don't know, is a is a morph that was um was found down well it wasn't found, it was produced down in Australia. And basically it sort of looks like a I guess it's similar to like a granite carpet. A really um, reduced granite because it doesn't have the pattern of a granite. It just has like these flecks. Yeah, so but a thousand times like, better. Yes, it's like granite, <laughs> but better. So yeah. it, it's almost like because the reduction you have is almost like you see in a heavily patterned like granite or zebra jet. So yeah. it's kind of like that. So, yeah. but a little bit busier of a pattern. So it's somewhere in between a granite and a granite jack. But they look awesome. They're gorgeous yeah. animals, and I really hope that somehow they migrate from Australia. I'm just saying. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> There's a pit that leads from Australia to Europe. All right. So just. Do you think it's like a well? The pit. It Is it a well or a pit? It has Is it a pit? <laughs> well, I mean, it's got. To, I imagine they put stones around it. But I mean, like, yeah. there's. I assume that we had to figure out where the hell this pit went. So, you know, we kept dropping tennis balls till someone in Europe dropped one back. So now that we know where it goes, every once in a while an animal falls into it and appears somehow they're only morphs of carpet python and various other creatures. Just a natural occurrence. Exactly. But every once in a while, one, some dude drop in the pit over in Europe, like zebras and tigers somehow go that way. And jazz. So it's like, you know, it's Okay. So yeah. I'm saying if Darren just goes over to the pit and drops a few, and you know then they'll appear in Europe and they'll somehow get to us. It's fine. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, one can dream. Um, Only hopefully one day. Yeah. Yeah. That that's hands down my favorite uh, favorite morph um, of carpet python. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you follow this, Owen, but uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, the K brothers. Um, you know, yeah. uh, Troy was on the show, and yeah. uh, he went to visit uh, uh, our past guest um, Wayne Larks from Morelia Magic, and yeah. they did a two part show. And I've been meaning to hit on this, but he actually produced moon glows. Have you oh, seen? Hell. No. No. Oh. No, wait, oh, me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let me see. I'll link it over in the uh, the chat room. Um, let me well, see. Wayne, if I can Wayne's pull ghosts up. were 
Wayne, the reason I have Xanax is because um, I was talking to you about getting Xanax, and you just sent me a picture of one of Wayne's ghosts, and you said, like that, but not as good. And I'm like, must have, must do, must mix caramel with Xanax. So it's like, done. And then the ghost jags were phenomenal, and now you're talking moon glows? Yeah, he... um, he he has a different line of um, let's see he has a different line of um, Xanax than what we're working with um, exactly. But now you and I have had this conversation before, and, I'm, and it's interesting that I, and I've had the conversation. Interesting. Um, what would you call what we can produce here in the states a ghost? Or would you stick to it being a super caramel exanic? Um, uh, I don't know. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm pulling it up. You're playing music at the same time? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm pulling up the video so I can post it over in the... Uh, right. Okay. I got you. But would you, would you call it that? Because eventually true hypos, uh, some of them are apparently already over here in the States. So eventually we're going to have hypos spread to Xanax, and that would be ghosts. But then what the hell do we call what we're making now? I think it. I think. I think it would be the same thing. I think it would just be different lines. You know. But you have true hypo. And I mean, if you, if you, I know. But if you look at like, um, I don't know. If you use ball pythons as an example, right? They have like, oh, there's three different lines of Xanax in ball pythons. Yeah. There's yeah. there's caramel, there's hypo, there's you know uh, there's all but then different. What ha- well, I mean, what happens if I take a, uh, a hypo recessive? Correct. Hypo in what? In prosols? No, yeah. no, no. It's uh, no. complete no. dominant. All right. all right, thank you. I don't know why. Yeah. I, took, I don't know why I spaced on that. But it, it's like, it, what if I don't want to somebody starts mixing super caramels and hypos just to get to the ghost stuff, I mean, what the hell is that going to do? I kind of I kind of think that maybe caramel, hypo, and red are All right, I know. I, I agree. similar to same. what you see in, like, um, you know how, like, in ball pythons they have, like, a complex, so there's, like, the... You know I don't. There's, no, I don't know well, in ball pythons. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so they have, like, they have, like, a butter... And a lesser, mm-hmm. which yes. are kind of the same thing. Same you thing. know, they're a okay. little bit different, but they're kind of look the same. Um, okay. You have that but with uh, I think fire, fire, and well, yeah. Ultimately, if you breed, if you breed um, a butter a caramel head to a butter and a hypo head I think that you would produce. You're not going to know which is caramel and which is. Hypo, I don't think. I don't think so either. But I think ultimately that, <laughs> yeah, but ultimately that snake is going to look like a ghost. Some are exactly. going to look better so, than others. So you're just going to say that everything here is a ghost, or or you're not going to be able to tell which is a caramel exanic and which is a hypo exanic. So you're just going to be everybody's ghost. Uh, I think you'll be able to. Tell to I mean look look at what you're seeing now. If you have you have ghosts that were produced in Europe, 
and you yes. have goats that were produced in Australia. Yes. They, they don't look the same. No, they do not. Now, is that the Xanic or is that the Hypo? I think it's the Hypo. Well, I think the Xanic think plays into it too, but... Agreed. You know, what are you going to do when you... Like, okay, for instance, if you have Xanic IJ and Xanic Coastal... And you breed it together. They never, they never touch each other. <gasps> no, no, no. I'm why saying. Well, they, they, why would you do that? <laughs> they, they are compatible. They never touch but I'm, each other. <laughs> but if you want to produce an exanic, um, you know, uh, actually, I find, and this, this is my opinion, I just think that the IJ exanic is nicer than the coastal exanic. I think because of the colors that the IJ. Normally has brings to the table, um, yeah. Makes the Xanic version uh, prettier. So if you're crossing morphs and such, um, and you're crossing them anyway, why wouldn't you use the stronger gene? Because you know what I'm saying. Because ultimately, you want to produce what? (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, if you're going to make an Xanic morph out of an IJ, like say I want Xanic granites, why the hell do you just use Xanic IJs? Why yeah, you but you're talking about you're talking about you're talking. I'm talking about like a ghost granite jag. Ah, shit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. If you're, if you're gonna produce a ghost granite jag, man, that's the great. Should come you from the... that. That's gonna be freaking cool. No, shit. no, no. <laughs> oh no! Stop it. Ghost granite jag. Man. Uh. Yeah. I'm, I'm good now. Anyway, I think that um, I think that uh, I th- I think that hypo will probably prove to be the nicest. Agreed. I think that, um, uh, and again, I'm just basing off what I've seen in Australia. But like their caramel, like their red, like that hypo-ish type of stuff. Mm. Uh, I. think better than what we have. I think that there's certain people who have selectively bred caramels um, and even reds for that matter. Uh, and I know it's still sort of maybe in the infancy over here. Um, but I think that, uh, I don't know. I think, I just think that, uh, that that hypo is nicer. Maybe it's because it's really, I mean, you can have some caramels that still have a lot of black, and yes, you can. <clears throat> that, I mean, it's still a caramel, but you know. I, and even I, even super caramels develop a ton of black as they get older. I mean, they yeah, have we're, really nice caramely color and bright yellow, but they start getting a lot of black, especially down towards the tails. So about like yeah. midsection down, you know. And where where Wayne's hypos, some of the stuff he has is like there's no black on it at all, ever. Touch that animal, so. Well, the cool thing, the cool thing about his moon glow, I think, mm-hmm. is sort of if, when you watch the video, he sort of says this. Um, it's that it's an exanic, albino, yeah, yeah. caramel. Yes. So it's all those. So it's four genes. It's everything. It's a trash <coughs> cookie. Yeah. So. Mm. Um, but the cool thing is, is it's a patternless white snake. And we finally have it now. Can we please stop breeding Jack the Jack? So, 
Well, we're going to hit on that tonight, Jag the Jag. God damn it! <laughs> yes, we will. We and Jag the Jag. We know what to do to get it. Stop it. Yeah. So, well, you um, would would say a patternless white snake, or is that just because it's a hatchling carpet python? Will the pattern come in, or will the colors change a little bit? I don't know. We've seen with the snow. Um, with the snow, you. Um, Got some pink and stuff see, in there, right? Yeah, you do see pattern come in um, mm-hmm. from what I what from what I've seen and what I've been told. Um, but I think maybe with the moon glow, um, that might maybe dull it out. Maybe you'll you'll see it when it as it ages. I'm not sure, but maybe you'll see some silvery. Kind of <laughs> I mean, like a lot of a lot of albinos. When I see when they're born, they're like, or when they're young, they're like white with a little bit of yellow. And that's it. And then as they get older, it's like a lot of the yellow parts turn white and, the, you know, they start getting like orange and yellow. And it's like they, they really start progressing as they get older. So you might start seeing that, especially with now that there's multiple genes mixed in there. For all I know, he can pull the tub open tomorrow and it can be purple. So who the hell knows? Yeah. And then um the other thing that I thought he was cool that he that he hatched out was um he had this pairing it was uh, an albino head exanic yes. to an albino head exanic. No, albino head exanic to an albino exanic. Um he hatched out a snake that looked normal but it's got exanic patches through it. Ooh, Ooh camera. Yeah, that's kind of kind of what he was thinking, but it's just really it's just really cool looking snake, man. Yeah, that is. Cool. Seems like, it seems like um, this year has been the uh, year of the chimera. It just pops up all over the place, everywhere. <clears throat> and I, and I love yeah. it because there's always that one person when it pops up that it instantly just goes the other direction, and then everybody like jumps all over him. It's like it's a pine carpet. No, and like everyone just like starts like bashing him, and it's like Jesus. It's okay. Not everybody knows. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I think I, I don't. I don't know what this number is, Owen, but we do have another caller here. And What's the number? Zero one one six one four. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's no. It's, no, it's not. Okay, so we're fine. gonna click it on and see what it is. Whew. Hello. Damn. Hello. Good eye. Hey. You there? Oh, this, is Scott? this is Scott. Yeah, right? this is Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> Same to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so how cold is it over there at the moment? Because at the moment, I'm going to go here for tonight because it's 26, 27 degrees and about to be a storm. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, you, <laughs> there's, a, there's a hurricane coming through there, right? Or tornado, right? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it just means that more snakes will be moving, so I'll be all right. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't get sucked up by something. <laughs> These things are character building. you got to get out there and yeah, get yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it makes for a good story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Well, that's, that's it. Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, yeah. Yeah, so right, I just thought I'd give you a go as a call and just say, uh, you know, good luck so far this year for, for next year. I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of a change and, and seeing um, more things besides carpets just laying on there, but mainly a carpet focus. So it's it's good what you guys are doing, and you know there's quite a few of us down here that are listening to you up there in the in the cold part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that, man. Thank we appreciate you. Appreciate that. Yeah. 
What do you What do you hope to find tonight? Uh, what do you? Uh, I'm not quite sure yet. I'm not even sure what I'm going to go after in particular. I wouldn't mind getting some new photos and some death adders and a few other bits and pieces. So I'll probably go okay. chasing death adders and, and and that sort of thing. But I'll probably come across a few carpets and all the rest. So they've been running around in pretty big numbers the last few days. Cool. Jeez. So that means that Owen, is, we're going to wake up with a video tomorrow of him catching a carpet. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it too. That's what you're talking about. Why, why would I do send you guys videos to stay you up? That doesn't sound like me at all. I'll be getting all the damn time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I did a little bit of video for, this, uh, for that Blue Tongue show, but I was going to put them up, yeah. and then I found that you can only put 90 second videos up into messages, so that kind of sucks. So, but uh, <laughs> all right. But, um, look, I mean, I've got a few things that are about to drop. I'm looking at things swelling right up, and you know, I've got blotched blue tongues that are almost about to drop. I've got pink tongues about to drop. I've got lamb mullets about to drop. There's cunning ends about to drop. The stinks are about to go crazy here at the moment. And um, so so that's that. And then working pretty hard on this new reptile room of mine and, and getting that sort of finished off as well. So I'm, I'm not... And then the weather's too good. So the weather means I've got to go herping, so everything else is sort of kicked <laughs> back. So, you know, Jesus. Yeah. You know. Shoveled uh, that's all right. That's okay. You know, as long as no one, well, I, no one tells the wife about it and I get away with it, it's all okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> all right, your secret's safe with us. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just tell all the listeners not to say anything to her either. You know, they're all right. Yeah. So, there you go. Go. so when are you guys? When are you guys actually coming down here? Because I've got to, we've got to organise times and, and things like that. Well, we all need to know. When are you actually going to lock in a date at some stage or what? Yeah, well, I think I was talking to Nick, and uh, he sort of has. Uh, I gotta, I gotta call him up because he had a date in mind, and um, we gotta, we gotta straighten all that out. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let us know so we can let us know so we can organize some stuff at this end for you as well. Well, we will. Awesome. You'll be the, one of the first people to know. <laughs> that hammered out. So. Then we can send video. Make sure you follow your shot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, you got to know how to use a compass and all the rest of it because if you piss me off, I'll leave you off in the bush. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll happen. That'll. Oh, you'll be off. Yeah. Hey, what's that? I said uh, I, I would resort to cannibalism thing. quickly, so you know I'll yeah. eat Eric first. Yeah. Uh, oh well, that's a, so. mate, you've only got to be faster than the slowest person anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, look, take care and, and, and keep enjoying it, and I'll keep listening in and, and um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. It's, it's, it's fantastic. We really enjoyed it, Denny. All right. Awesome. Thanks, All right. I'll, I'll join you for a Venomous Hour in the near future, right? Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah, i got to get with find you with that. Death Adders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. They're, they're also called Snuggle Sticks down here. Oh. <laughs> snuggle sticks, you know. <laughs> there's a there's a little game over here called Touch the Tail. Uh, we'll have to introduce you to that one when you're down here as well. All right, oh, that sounds no. like fun. No, no. <laughs> oh hell no. All right, thanks. Yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How did Owen die? Well, he went to go touch the tail of a death adder and just nailed yeah. the right of the freaking forearm. Yeah. yeah. Not that part, no. Owen. <laughs> no, damn it. No, oh, Jesus. So, yeah. 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 Uh, it was all a fun uh, trip until Owen's hand blackened and fell off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I saw on Facebook, um, 
speaking of our fellow Australian friends, um, I saw on Facebook they had something similar to a carpet fest, I think. Um, oh, God, and they didn't call it, like, Australian Carpet Fest? I'm disappointed. Nah, I think maybe they had a party or something, but, you know, I'm, like, clicking through these pictures, and I'm like, wait a minute. That one? I know him. Wait a minute. I know her. Wait a minute. I know him. Wow, this is cool. And there's some kind of some kind of get-together of some sort, but, uh, yeah, it looked pretty cool. And I, and a couple people had Carpet Fest shirts on, so I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Must have been a, <laughs> a little, uh, Australian Carpet Fest, and I would have been so happy. Yeah. Let me down, guys. Uh, so um we were talking a minute ago about uh jag to jag um pairings and i don't know what are the pros and cons of doing a jag to jag pairing what's your thoughts owen jag to jag would you do it first of all oh i think i lost owen what the heck happened to him Hey, you're bailing on me. me. <laughs> I did. What the hell? I say jag to jag and you hang up. <laughs> you, you, yeah, damn right I do. <laughs> damn that's, it. That's great. Jag to jag. Click. <laughs> jag to jag. Click. I don't want to speak about this anymore. Yeah. So I, I think some of anymore. the uh, some of the thoughts uh, are that well, obviously, if you if you breed jag to jag. Uh, some of the offspring offspring will be um, dead leucistics. Um, dead, 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 dead. Um, mm-hmm. The thought for a while is that if you breed jag to jag, that somehow they're going to be more neurological. Um, you know, they're going to have more defects. Anything that survives will be more uh-huh. neurological and more ethno, right? Yeah. Now, I have offspring from Jag to Jag, and I don't see that, but mm-hmm. I think that varies just from Jag to Jag. That would be my thoughts. I don't know. What do you think, Owen? Well, I think I've seen animals that have nothing to do with Jag to Jag or completely cocked up. My zebra Jag comes to mind where he just, like, he'll eat upside down, and if he's, like, even the tiniest bit stretched, like, stressed out, he Nero's. But then I've had other Jags who have no problem who, like, I don't really have any Jag the Jags, and I've never bred Jag the Jag, but it's kind of getting harder and harder as I have more Jags in my collection to avoid doing Jag the Jag. So, um, but for the most part, it's, I think it's kind of like an animal-by-animal basis. So you could have bad Nero in this animal, regardless of who his parents were. Same thing with that one. So, crapshoot. Okay. I I have noticed in, um, like, I think of um, Mike Curtin's ocelots. Um, mm. It seems that when he bred um, uh, Jag to Jag, he, the ocelot was exaggerated. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know if that's from from that or, you know, I don't know, but it was actually uh, pretty cool, um, the results he Definitely. had. And I think that the color, I mean, my thought would be that the color would intensify. Um, I mean, that yeah. would just be, well, I mean, if you breed a, a really nice jungle to a really nice jungle, you're going to get 
really nice jungles. Um, but you're also going to get a few that are, like, you might get one or two that are ain't, like average. I mean... Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not, not everybody's going to be stellar. So you're right. You might have one or... You might have a few Jags that are, like, really, really nice looking, but now you're playing your odds against yourself. Because now you have right. how many Jags are really going to be nice looking out of the surviving Jags. So... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, there they, well, there was a basically there was a uh, there was a topic that came up on Morelia Pick of the Week, and and they were they were asking about it, and they had a kind of a discussion about it, and I think one of the animals that uh, Shad uh, posted up was actually from a Jag the Jag, and if you look at it, it's just it's yeah. really a, a really animal. Stellar animal. I'll share it over in the uh, in the well, chat. I'm not saying that you won't have pretty animals. It's just I find that I can make animals of an equal quality by not doing jag to jag, and I get the entire cluster to play with, and nothing's dead. So I like that better. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can do it that way. Um, I'm not saying that other people should not do jag to jag. That's entirely everybody else's decision, but. I try to avoid it. So, yeah, I wonder how the uh, outcome would come with the eggs. I mean, I wonder if the eggs would, uh, you know, if if people are losing eggs. I mean, I read in some of the people's responses that, um, you know, uh, some people lost and some people didn't. Um, you know. It- I think that's an egg-by-egg egg basis and baby-by-baby baby basis. So you're right. Some of them will just, the weak ones will just die out in the eggs, and those will probably be your supers, and then some will make it full term and die shortly after. So yeah, some of them make full term and never get out of the egg. So Yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, I was just reading some of the comments and seeing what they said. Um I don't know. It's uh it's definitely something that the more like you said, the more I guess breeding you do, um, the more that uh, you know, those type of things might pop up. Um Yeah. You know. I Yeah. I don't know. I think uh I think I think with the ocelot, I think that's something that really like I said, kicks that gene up a notch. So I think that if I ever did it, I think it would be Along those lines, um, so. I, I don't think I'll ever do it unless I have to. Unless it's like uh, I run into the situation where it's like I have my exanic jag, and the only female I can pair him with to get what I want happens to be my super caramel jag. Damn it! I mean that's the only <laughs> time I ever do it. But I have super caramels and I have normal exanics, so I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. The uh, we do have another uh, caller on the line. Um, What's the number? That, I feel <laughs> that we need to uh, set this up. Um, How are we setting it up? What are you looking for? Because you're looking for something on your screen, like a button. I, I am <laughs> a sound effect of some kind. But so, it's not. It's not, not working. It's we not said, working. Oh God, no! <laughs> it's not working. That, that, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that ended poorly. <laughs> that was that, that didn't go well at all. 
<laughs> yeah, I was right. looking for who I think it is. <laughs> so Yeah, it would be area code four eight four. Do you know who that is, yeah. Owen? Do you know I, do you know yeah, who could that be? Yeah. I know who that could be. Four eight four area code? Who who would that be? Yes. I know who the four eight four area code is. That would be my father, Jim. It's so, like a visit from Santa Claus on a holiday. It's show. not like a there's visit no, from Santa Claus. There's no, there's no holiday show complete without a visit from Jim. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Boy, hello. Hey. Yeah. How's it going? Do you happy? Do you happy? Yeah. I'm at the North yeah. Pole. Do you happy? Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Everybody's giving well, me a shout out. Merry Christmas, uh, gentlemen. Yeah, same to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, listen, just a, just a quick uh, heads up for my son. Um, we need more dentist sticks up here in the uh, upper it. level, you know, Stop because uh, basically when you guys went to Chicago, I figured out how to get the dog to do what I wanted him to do. I just keep feeding him dentist sticks. How many did you give him tonight? Oh, he's, well, I think the case is gone. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that, <laughs> I don't even have to call him anymore. He just shows up. I mean, he I'm whatever. Up for food. Yeah, of course. It means you don't have to give it to him anymore. Look, look, look. Yeah. They gave yeah. Pavlov the scientific Nobel Prize. All I'm Stop doing it. is recreating the experiment. I'm taking away Google. I swear to God, because you understood <laughs> half of that. By the way, right. was Pavlov, is he Russian or Czechoslovakian or what was no, he? We're not I even going to get know. into this. We're not even going to get into this. No. <laughs> oh, come on, uh, man. You're the scientist. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he <laughs> uh, plays one on the radio. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I play one in my basement and on the radio. Yeah, Look, no. I'm, just throwing, I'm just throwing ideas out. You know what I mean? I'm just trying <laughs> yeah. to tell you. Spitballing, yeah, good job. <laughs> you know, at my age, do you really want to chase a dog all the way across the yard? Are you kidding me? No, Dad, that would I'd have to go get both of you. So let's <laughs> not do that. You know, as, as I sit here and listen to the two of you, I have a perfect idea for a new reality Stop. show. A new reality show would be the day in the life of the two of you and the reptile point of view, <laughs> we, we would follow you to the insurance spot. Well, it's more torturous. You know, you know, we would do. You know what? It probably would work better. We would do better than the pawn shop guys. Stop it! I, again, I taking away History Channel. I so, think you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of like the time on the on the what was it the the, the guys that owned the pawn shop? What tells the name of that show on? What is the name of that? Pawn. Bond stars, Bond stars, yeah. Bond stars, right? Bob Dylan yeah. shows up, and Ellen's like, who's that? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Dad, not everyone has a love affair with Bob Dylan, okay? Really? So, I mean, yes. Seriously? I, I take it to you. Yeah, we get box sets of Dylan showing up left and right, and you have no that's idea who you. this guy is. That's all you. That's all you, and I beg you not to play it at the office. Just, God. <laughs> it's okay. So it just gets you through the day. But hey, listen, guys, you guys had a great year. I, I, I enjoyed everything, uh, all of your uh, radio shows. Carver Fest was great. You know, I'm sure you guys had some fun in Chicago that I will never yeah. know anything about. 
Oh, yeah. If you have videos of owning a woman, just send them to me. We'll go from there, you know, whatever. Oh, if you go to sleep. Or, go to sleep. or not. Whatever. <laughs> go to bed. What, what happens in Tinley stays Nothing. in Tinley. Tinley, well, yeah, go to bed. You know, you and I have to talk about talk about that. You don't need to talk Eric. Cut him off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you know. push the damn button. By the, by the way, I just want you to know, at Carpet Fest, Carpet Fest, I never saw a guy throw that much alcohol on his own carpet. On his own rug. Thank that? you. Thank you. Okay, it's my carpet. I can throw out the hole in it. Whatever I can. Holy shit. He buys the house and he goes into like immediate destruction mode. What is that all about? He was confused on what carpet fest meant. He thought that. Exactly. Exactly. Good point. That's the way it goes. Gentlemen, you have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. I look forward to 2016. We'll go from there. All right? There we go. All right. Have a good one. How do you feel, Owen? <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> oh, good you old know, Jim. You know, the fact that, you know, you and a bunch of people out there demand that he comes on and heckles me just <laughs> tells me That's... where I stand in the hierarchy. Oh, God. Yeah. It's yeah, quite entertaining. I'm uh, telling you, next year, yeah, next year it's going to be Jim and Tom. That's how it's gonna go. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, because you're you're we, we, you got to move because you're hosting it. Get going. Uh, yeah, I know. No, I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying is that Jim oh. and Tom left us. That that Tom is my dad. Oh, that one episode. Uh, yeah, that one episode yeah. where you and I. Oh dear Lord, no. Oh. God, no, it'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so. Uh, one of the other things that I had on my uh, topic list is um, I don't know if people saw it, but uh, Nick Mutton did a uh, did a blog about a power outage that he had, and I think it's uh, probably uh, every herper's worst nightmare is uh, uh-huh. <laughs> to have a uh, to have a power outage go out, and you know uh, it, it's okay I guess if you are down in Florida. Um, and the temperatures maybe are not going to get that low, but um, typically here on the, in the northeast, if we're talking power outage during the winter, uh, we're looking at what usually ice and you know mm-hmm. sometimes days before the power gets put back on, um, and that kind of thing really makes you think um, about what precautions do you have in place um, to keep your reptile safe during such emergency. Um, you know that could be as simple as a generator. Do you pack them up? Do you? What do you do? I mean, I don't know. I really, I have a generator. Is about the extent of uh, of of my uh, preparation for for such an event. But what about you? Do you have anything in place? Well, I do not have a generator because I. Um, when I was in Jenkintown, my uh, best friend's dad was one of the chiefs of um, the uh, fire police. So whenever I had a power outage, he they had a bunch of generators that they could easily uh, that they used for like I guess plugging in traffic lights and stuff like that. And then they had a certain amount for people who needed them. 
so if I ever lost power, I was just supposed to call him, and he was supposed to give me, like, one of those little generators. Now, I moved up here. I do not have a generator, but I will be getting one. Um, I do have, though, is a server repair battery pack. It's about the same size as an old um, tower for a computer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is nothing but lithium-ion batteries. And you plug it in and you charge it up. It takes a whole day for this thing to charge. Okay. And what you do is is you plug it into the power source of a server, and then you plug it into the wall. So then if the power cuts out, this thing automatically clicks on, and it runs the servers until the power comes back. It's got a complete 48-hour charge, I think, on it. Okay. what I have is that thing is charged, um, and it's plugged in. It's constantly just, like, you know, charged. And if I were to ever lose power, what I would have to do is I could put it in the middle of my room and I could run important things like the incubator and the baby rack and possibly all the other racks onto it until I can secure, so I can get my generator or I can get something up and running. So that's what I have there. Interesting. I also have a giant box of... um, 72-hour heat packs that I would not hesitate to start ripping open and chucking into cages. So Yeah, that's, um, that's another route that I went. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. I have that. Uh, I have a whole bunch of, uh, uh, you know, styrofoam boxes and such. Yeah, if and, that was but a needed. Lot of, and a lot, a lot of people don't, don't um, like, because my, uh, I don't know about you, but my water here is uh, gas. So even if I lose, like, power, um, I should be able to get, like, most of my, some of my hot water going. So if you can fill up, hot, if you can get hot water from any place, even if you've got to go down the street, um, filling up jugs with hot water work great as heaters for snakes. They can sit right on top of them. So I did yeah. that for the Ruffies when they first got here. Um, they, they arrived at my desk. I didn't have anything, so I just filled up a bougie bottle of hot water and sat them both on top of it so yeah i guess that does make sense since like uh in my in my incubator i have uh four gallons of water that uh you know heats up and you know it just keeps mm-hmm. the temperature a little mm-hmm. even more even in the room um yeah yeah i i have uh heat as well um gas heat so you know that that is uh you know i guess it's not well, a, a, a you know it if even if say like my say the computer say the power goes out and the computer doesn't go down and all I have is this generator battery pack, all I got to do is wheel in an electric space heater, plug it in and crank that thing up on high and leave everybody alone. Don't go in the room, don't touch anything. Yeah. You know, yeah, know. I think it's or, something that. Yeah. I mean, or I'm just going to be in a box. I'm just have them all boxed up in my car driving to your house. So you know. <laughs> Yeah. Eric, keep these safe until I can bring them back home. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I don't know. I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about all too often, no. uh, as far as um, as that, because I guess you know these kind of emergencies really don't happen all the time. So you really, uh, you know, not uh, prepared. Um, but I think that. Uh, you know, you should have some kind of plan in place 
uh, for such such events because uh, you never know. I mean, I I would yeah. much rather be safe than sorry, um, and err on the side of you know spending. You know what would it, I think it cost me like four hundred bucks for the generator, which, you know, compared to the side, you know, the collection, that's that's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't buy this snake. <laughs> go buy a generator. Done. Yeah, it's no brainer. Yeah. So. so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely something to uh, to think about. I, I guess especially for us that you know we're up north, um, you know. Um, you don't want to be caught with your pants down, so to speak, mm-hmm. Exactly, mm-hmm. Uh, and badly, for sure. Yes, it will. Yeah. Um. So, huh? Okay. Um. Did you ever? You've never experienced that, then? Yeah. Have you? I have. Um. It was March, uh, a few years ago, and it wasn't due to cold or anything, but it was cold. It was still. It was early March. It was really cold outside. But uh, a tree got knocked over during a windstorm and took out power lines on the street. So the whole block went down. And I had at this point, at this point in the room, it was close to 80 degrees just for the heater. Um, So what I ended up doing was I pulled out the battery pack and I had eggs in the incubator. So I immediately plugged the incubator into the battery pack. And then, like I said, I just plugged in a space heater and turned it all the way up and then just left them alone. And then it took them two days to get uh, everything back up and running and the power going. So, uh, but that was probably the longest stretch I've been, stretch, stretch I've been without power. But once that uh, space heater got up and running, there was no issues. It was like 90 degrees in the room. So, and then the incubator was run off the same electricity, so it was fine. But I, I almost called for the generator. And then actually um, it happened again uh, before I moved out here. Because um, I remember waking up, and it was when the white lips were in my bedroom. And I looked up at their computer systems and everything was dead. So I ran downstairs to flip the fuses, and I realized the entire house was done. Um Andrew came over immediately with his generator, and by the time we got it hooked up, plugged in, and started, all the lights came back on. So I was kind of really pissed off about that, but it was good to have it in a pinch. So, gotcha. Yep. <clears throat> Very cool. Um, I forgot to throw this out there at the beginning of the uh, the show. The, um, I did call the people, and the calendars will be here twelve eighteen. Oh, so that's uh, so Friday. Yeah, Friday. I so as soon care, as they come, yeah. you'll be at Star Wars. <laughs> nice. I'll deal with this later. So yeah, <laughs> you already have tickets to to said Star uh, Wars. I have. I think it's for Thursday night at ten thirty. I'll oh. be at I'll be at the theater um tomorrow night and waiting. <laughs> so um, <laughs> just if you see me pass me by. So anyway, um it's one of those things. <laughs> um nice. But yeah, I I'm glad the calendars will be here. So if you do want a calendar at the eighteenth we'll put up a big announcement on the pick of the week and a few other places. Get in contact with us. We'll get those rolling. Um, 
if I have to, I can grab some for you if I have to take them down to Habit or Grace uh, on the 19th because I'm going to go down there and grab some food um, and get rid of some boas. Um, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> freaking pieces of shit. I mean, uh, so um, and if I got to do that, I can always bring calendars down for certain people down there. So yeah. it's all good. Um, <clears throat> so, um, let's see. So we got the calendars. I'm trying to think what else I got on my list here of things before, um, wait, pop it up. I think they're trying to get you, Owen, over in the, uh, in the chat room. They um, don't need, they, I, they, I can ignore those people easily. <laughs> um, I was listening to, um, a podcast, and uh, actually, let me throw this out there first. Um, uh, if you it. guys um, have a chance, you should definitely listen to uh, Gecko Nation Radio podcast that they did this past week because they had um, the lawyer. Let me see if I, I can remember his name. Um, he was from uh, US Arc, and uh, basically, he was talking about it's Richard Stanley. Um, he's the okay. uh, the lawyer from US Arc, and um, they did they did an awesome show that really kind of talked about the situation and what's going on, and that um, really they feel quite positive about the uh, uh, what they think is going to happen. Um, you know, obviously you can't be a hundred percent sure in these things, but uh, it's good to know that they feel confident in. Uh, in this situation, but, uh, it's definitely worth the listen because they, they get into some details about the, you know, the Lacey act and such, and, um, sort of how, what, what they're using it for today is not really what it was meant for. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. So, uh, if you get a chance, you should definitely go over and, uh, check out that episode. Um, you, it's well worth the, uh, the listen. Um, definitely. And I think, I guess at some point we're, we're probably guess are going to have to have them on. Um, so we can, uh, we can definitely Discuss support this guys, you know, yeah. And I was in listening to, uh, to another, I think I can't, I listened to so many podcasts. I can't remember, uh, which one this was on. Um, it was uh, – I, I listen to some people and the way they talk about, like, morphs and stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, they it seems to, to me that they think that at some point in, in reptile um, hobby or whatever you want to call it that you uh, sort of just, like, bred snakes and then just kind of gave them away and – you know, you never really made money at it, and it just really wasn't based around that thing. And it seems to me, as of late, that the whole anti-morph thing has kind of died off. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I don't know if it's just because I'm I'm just out of touch with, you know. Uh, oh, I. I still think there are people who like to stand up there and talk about how they're so anti-morph, but I think they're just a really weird knitted scarf away from being a hipster, a reptile hipster, that is. So it's like, <laughs> and that's the way it is, is that 
You know, I don't, I, like, congratulations. You know, like, what was it I said before? I was in the water python before it was cool. So it's like, okay, yeah. congratulations, all right? So not everybody needs to be into morphs. So listen, I can appreciate a wild-type animal. I can also appreciate a morph. I can appreciate a pure animal. I can also appreciate a mutt. Where I fall is just my personal preference. Now, the morph game is definitely, you know, you, you gotta you got to be willing to spend the money. you got to be willing to get into it. You gotta be willing to do it right, and you know you also have to kind of go at it with the sense of, at some point somebody could decide that they just want out of it and totally destroy what you've sunk a bunch of money into. That can happen. So, but that can happen with everything. But, but is it such a bad thing to like no. actually pay for your hobby? Like, I, no. I just don't understand. It's not a bad I guess thing the. At all. Yeah, it just seems odd that like people down the idea that you are ma- making money to pay for your yeah, hobby yeah. selling animals. This is the thing. It's like the, how many hobbies out there actually make you money? Like my dad's best, my dad's like first absolute hobby is he's so into sports. It's ridiculous. He goes to games like baseball games, hockey games, football games. He has season tickets to Penn State football, Penn State hockey. He takes us out to Pirates games, all this other stuff. They're not paying him to do this. He's spending <laughs> money. Like, this, yeah. that's a freaking hobby. Like, you know, and that's just what it is. So most hobbies you pay for. That's what it does. You do it as an enjoyment. You know, say, say so, I enjoy hiking. Sometimes you got to pay to go to different parks to go freaking hiking. So, so this is your hobby. This is your love. It shouldn't fucking matter how much money you make out of it. I just, if, if, if selling some snakes can help me pay for rats and maybe buy me a cheeseburger on the way home from the show, I'm having a good fucking day. So, uh, there you go. Thank you. And maybe help that I want to get into that doesn't like kill me. But, you know, if, if I were to take it down to the bare bones and only, if I were to go back to where I was with just coastals, I would still breed and I wouldn't give a rat's ass about what was going, what was moving, what was going, like, you know, what price everything was moving at. And if I had a bunch of babies, maybe I don't breed that year. So it's like the morph game kind of really weeds out the people who are attempting to get as much bang for their dollar versus the people who really enjoy herpticulture. It's just, it's a big cluster mess. But I do believe that the whole, like, it was an uprising of stigma against morphs for a while about, yeah. like, you know, you're just in it for the money if you breed more. So I think that has gone away because a lot of the people that were screaming about that must have seen an animal that they thought was appealing and realized it was a morph, and they were dirty, dirty hypocrites and shut their damn mouths. So yeah. that's, it's like, it, okay, congratulations. Can I appreciate a diamond python? Yes. I love diamonds. Can I appreciate a reduced pattern diamond python? Uh-huh. So, there you go. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I, it could be that I just don't pay attention to those people anymore and, and don't really care. So, I don't really hear it as much. But um, now, it just seems to me now, that it's kind of, I don't hear it as much, that bell ringing that. You're right. And in the sense of the morph market where certain animals are kind of like looked down upon because they don't have any morphs in them, uh, a lot of those animals 
like our normal like one colored animals anyway. Like there's no real pattern to them. It's like a lot of people look down on like that uh, uh, water pythons. It's a brown snake with an orange belly. La da. No one cares. So now if that thing were to like grow like pop out one with spots on it, everybody was kinda of give it a little bit of attention. But even in the sense of like look at Savus where they have their morph, the silvers. Uh-huh. But and you and I have talked about this. The point of a Savu is it's born orange and then it starts getting black. And eventually when it's like an adult, it's mostly black. Like almost all black. And the silvers do the same exact thing. So what the hell am I paying for? It's going to look exactly like the other one. Yeah, I. Yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of a weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I'm paying. I'm paying to watch it grow up and be silver for the first three years of its life before it turns black. Well, Hooray. wouldn't that be? It wouldn't that be similar <laughs> to what we saw with reds in the beginning? I mean, you True. had these animals that were born and they but were it, red and they were beautiful not, and. But but. Extending color is different than changing how the genetic makeup of a snake's pattern progresses over its lifetime. They start out patternless, then they get all that funky speckling, and then they shift over to their adult colors. So you'd have to pretty much find a way to make it that it won't shift over to the adult colors. And we're talking about the Savu, you mean? Yes. Um, I don't know. That's an interesting one. I, I, I really, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that there's certain pythons that that will always be popular, and then there's other ones yeah. that won't. Like, I think of like, I think sometimes I think, you know, how we always say all the time that you know you. you why won't people work with this? And if it were only more established in captivity and, and yeah. uh, teamwork, teamwork pythons is an example uh, of that. But that you hear even some of the most dedicated Python breeders in the United States, we're in the world for that matter, have worked with them and got rid of them. So yeah. if, if they can't, you know what I'm saying? Like there has to be something there that maybe they're not really meant for captivity, well, like white lips. you know what I'm saying? It's like white lips, you know, it's like white lips. They they're in. Some people have success. Other people just kind of get them and go eh, and then get rid of them. It's just like some, and that's partially because you don't want to deal with an animal that's aggressive. You don't want to deal with an animal that shits everywhere. You don't want to deal with this, that, and the other thing. So it's like, you know, why have I have my carpet pythons and they're bulletproof and they breed every year and they make babies and there's nothing wrong with them. And I decided to dip my toe into these animals, but they're nasty. They shit everywhere. They won't make babies. And then all of a sudden, now my carpets. I need to. I need two cages for these babies that I've grown up. Guess who gets kicked out? Well, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of it right there, you know. And the people who have success are the people who've stuck with it, and they get animals to produce. And now all of a sudden. When it comes time for cages to be, you know, opened up, I can't get rid of the black-faced white lips. They produce a clutch every year, and they're black-faced white lips, and everybody lines up for that stuff. So, of course, they ain't going. The rainbow boas, get out of here. So it's like, you know, there's 
when, when push comes to shove, in a breeder standpoint, cage space is cage space is cage space. So, yeah, I, I, I guess you know, I, my idea would be that I guess if you're going to work with a species. I mean, there, there's people out there, and I think these are the people that probably have success with a species, um, you know, whether it be white lips or sabus or carpets or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if they're really into that particular species, then they're going to be successful with them, you know. I, I think that, you know, you should steer the course for, you know, whatever, uh, you know, is you're into. Um and I think that that you're seeing that kind of level out. I think that you see a lot of people getting into what they like, you know, and and not necessarily following trends or anything like that, which is which is a good thing, you know. And uh, you see, I, I see more and more uh, people working with what they like and not really worrying about whether or not you're going to get, uh, you know, a return on your investment, so to speak, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, I see people just kind of saying, okay, I kind of like this, you know. I mean, I would say, you know, and it, it's it's weird, uh, you know, olive pythons would be an example. Like, if you were to see them on the Internet, um, doesn't really do uh, the Much animal justice, 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 you know. Yeah. And then you see them in person, and it's a whole nother ball game, you know. You really start to appreciate why – people like that particular species, you know, you can really kind of, uh, kind of like what it is about them and, you know, just dig them as a species, you know, they don't have to have Mm -hmm. any kind of morph or anything like that. I mean, they do have albino, which is cool, but you know, I just like, there's not, there's not four morphs of the thing and all that other stuff. And you can still get interested in them just as the wild type. I mean, they're yeah, cool. <laughs> they're just so. a cool snake. You know, it's so weird because you look at them like you, it's it's quite interesting. You know, like especially with having as many carpets as I have, you know, and then you see a different mm-hmm. python and and like their head is so long and so like yeah, long snout. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and you it's, know? it's weird because it's like looking at pictures of duns. It looks like a duns python is a maclot with the olive snout on it, and I'm like, oh yes, please God. Please. So. Yeah, like that would be an example of one that I don't really see. I mean, I don't know. I don't really see that being like this crazy. I think that for a while people will go nuts about it because it's 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 something that you can't. Ha- and me and Rob were talking about this today. It's like this yeah. this idea that you want what you can't have. You know. So I was telling him, I'm like, you know, when I first got into carpet pythons, my dream was to have a Darwin carpet. Yeah. And then I got a Darwin carpet. And then it was like, okay, now my dream is to have an inland carpet. Man, that would be cool. And then I got an inland, inland. carpet. Yeah, man. You know, and Never now and now it's this kick now where it's like, oh, you know, I would love to work with Imbricata. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully one day I, I'd be able to uh, work with them, you know, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. but I don't know. It's like this, it's, this is weird thing in human beings that you want to work with what you don't, what you can't have. So like, you know, I see, 
I see a lot of people that kind of want to, they want what they can't have and then they get it and it's kind of like, oh yeah. Oh well. Play with it. Play with it for two. Play with it for two days and then throw it in a drawer. Yeah. So you kind of lose an appreciation, you know. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess, man, it's hard to try to find what that balance is to having a collection and really trying to enjoy that collection. Like, do you ever struggle with? Is there like a number that is your cutoff? Like that's this is it. This is as many animals as that I can take on. Do you have that number? Uh, yeah, it's it's however many cages I have. Cause and that's it. Like I've already explained. Like I'm getting two new cages for the olive pythons, uh-huh. and that will be probably the last purchase of cages that I will ever do. So what I'll do is I'll shift over everybody, and then that's it. I'm done. No more cages. No more animals. So that's a good cutoff where I'm at there because I can fit probably close to 30 adults, maybe more uh, if I include the rack systems, and uh, and the rest is for juvies and babies. So, and that's a good cutoff. It, it kind of keeps me grounded, and you also got to think about it in the sense of I am raising up a bunch of animals that will eventually need large cages. You know, the diamonds. Uh, White lips, um, you know, it's just the, that's the way you're looking at. So, I mean, certain animals can live in the racks like the savus for the rest of their lives, but you know, uh, you kind of got to plan ahead a little bit. So, so, so your thinking is is that you would rather work with a multitude of species rather than work with, say, like uh, you know. A variety of coastal bloodlines or stuff like that, you know. I would like to do kind of a mixture of both, but it would limit to what I would get into. Like, right. say I would limit to, you know, I, I could totally redo my room and do nothing but coastals, but I would rather have the coastals, have the jungles, have the ices, have the diamonds, have everybody, and then maybe have like 1.1 Brisbane's or Brisbane's. As we were told to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Scott. Anyway, so it's like you know, it to do that and then to have those there just to breed with each other. I mean, the rule kind of is it here. It's my, kind of like my own rule is the highest I'll go to with a project that isn't a carpet python is uh, a trio, one point two. So I'm allowed 1.2 gold phase white lips. And the reason behind that is is that I only want that project to take up three cages. If that project takes up more than three cages, it's going to start dipping into my carpet python stuff. And also right. it opens up the thing of, like, say, one female breeds, but the other one doesn't. Now, do I really need two females? Probably not. So I can scale down. Right. So. It's all okay. All going on up here. Of course, I say that, and I do now want two point two rough scales. So. <laughs> yeah. There's I don't know. Exception. There's a special special uh, yeah, exemptions yeah, yeah, made yeah. for those. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I'm right. Um, who would two one five seven four zero be? 
No idea. Right, I'm going to click them on and see who it is. 215 Eric Code. You're on the air. You have a question, comment? No, it's Buddy. Just saying happy holidays, oh, guys. Disconnected. Hey, what's up, man? Hi, buddy. What's up? What did what, what did I do this time? I don't know. I didn't <laughs> Get back to me later. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah. He's got That's no better. love for you, man. No love. Yeah, except when I'm in front of a table and he needs somebody then to take all things love. away. It's nothing but love. Then it's yeah. Then it's your take this, which happened on at uh, Hamburg. He comes walking up. He's like, I'm not buying anything. I'm like, hold this jungle. He goes, all right, box it up. I'm like, yay. Yeah, my, oh, yeah, and and he got you again. Yeah, oh. well, yeah. you know, <laughs> his, his kung fu is weak. So uh, yeah, and, and the ride home, my wife was like, "I thought you weren't buying any snakes." I said, "Yeah, well, you know." Yeah, but yeah, but Owen, yeah, that's all you gotta say. Yeah, Owen told me to do it, and that's it. I don't care. Blame me for anything. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Well, I was just calling to say happy holidays, guys. Thank you, um, buddy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm cleaning uh, viper cages today. Shouldn't you be paying so. attention to that? Yeah, you should be talking on the show. <laughs> yeah. All no, my buddies just gonna be like, "Ow!" and they're just gonna hear silence. <laughs> and it's like, you know, thump. God. <laughs> no, no, silence vipers. I, I, I stopped. I, I'm I'm done the viper cages, so I'm getting a six pack of hop notch, and then I'm going to um go clean chondro cages now. You're gonna clean chondro cages with a buzz? That's dangerous as well. So yeah, but I'm not gonna die. I'll just bleed. Just bleed everywhere. Yeah, okay. He has a point. Yeah, well, That's you know. Cool. Do you dig working with the uh, the vipers? Yeah, it's up and down. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, that I mean, they tells me everything. They, they are no, they are a cool viper to work with. They're not, you know, like they don't dart out of the, the containers. You know, they're real mellow, no problem. I mean, I've seen other, you know, like other vipers, and I wouldn't even go near them. You know, they, these they're they're cool. You know, like I, I I enjoy them. They're fascinating as hell. Um, How so? I mean, what I it's just just their their actions. You know, just I mean, just the way they are. I mean, I still feed them, and I'm waiting for them to constrict, and I keep forgetting they're vipers. You know, like, I'll go feed them, and their feeding response is incredible. You know, and, and I mean, just everything about them, just the, the mellow, they're not as, they're not as, they're not as, you know, like, really wound up as other vipers are. I mean, you go through, you know, Hamburg, and you, you know, I mean, every other table has a rattle that's, you know, like ready to strike, you know, but, but eyelash vipers are just so mellow to me. Like they're not, you know, like trying to get out, you know, like I can hook them and they're not trying to climb up the, um, you know, climb up the hook. They're a lot more mellow than my chondros are. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they are, I'm not going to say they're a, a starter viper or anything like I got these as by default doing a favor for a friend. They're you know. great beginner venomous. It's like, hey, hey, listen, if I have a if I have a viper on a hook and it starts crawling up the hook, the hook is getting put down and the viper's head yeah. is dumped. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna step on a little thing and call it oh, a damn God. day later. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. but these <laughs> these guys these guys do not these they well the female she, the female <laughs> is huge. She doesn't. 
you know, like I can hook her occasionally. I may have to use like an extra hook just to support her weight, but she she doesn't. And, you know, and I mean, they are looks, live bears, correct? Yeah. Yes. That's another thing. You can open the cage and there could be like 20 little ones. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I think if that happens, I'm spraying lighter fluid in the cage and just chucking a flame <laughs> at it. Oh, look, it has yeah. babies. Burn it. Well, you know, I'm just, it, it's it's been, it was one of those species that I was always fascinated by. Like, it was the only viper species that I was always fascinated by. And like I said, I, you know, I got them by default. You know, and and they're they're working out great. They're room temperature snakes. You don't have to really do anything special. Mine are in, you know, well they're paired up now, so they're in one container. And the highest they get is maybe seventy six to seventy eight during the day. They'll go down to sixty eight at night because you know the temp um, the room is going for the chondros. Right. No problems with them. None. The mail just shed the other day. That's it. No, you know, I mean no. they're not. They're not. They're not the. Um, they're not. You know, like I don't. I don't even look at them and say, "God, I want to handle them." You know, I mean it's just. So, so the next step, I assume, for you is mamba, right? Uh, yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. No. Nah. No. Turn your Christmas gift then. Oh uh, well, you know. Yeah. You know, if if maybe Eric would have said that, I thought there might have been a Christmas gift, but I know who I'm talking to. I know there's no Christmas gift. Uh, I could have gotten you a black mamba. You don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, no tie pans in your future. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Yeah. No tie pans. No red bellies. No no brown. No rhino vipers. No cobra. No. Uh uh-uh. No, don't no. get a Rudu Vipers. Owen has bad experience with Rudu Vipers. Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, I'm. This is no. My Viper experience goes eyelash check. That's it. No, gotcha. I mean, it, Just, it's like it, I said. It's a fascinating species. It really is. It really is. Right. And and if it was a bit, if it was a bit more, you know, like, I guess runny or whatever, you know, like, like the ones that really want to move. I would have gotten rid of them, but they're they're just really mellow and they're really chill. Like, right. I mean, I mean, you think chondros sit in one space for for a time? The yes. the eyelash vipers are are just as they do it just as much, if not more. If not more. Okay. So you're basically working with ball pythons on sticks. <laughs> uh, here we go with this shit again. Ah, <laughs> uh, just busting your balls. <laughs> no. Not me. Uh, but no, that was only handle animals that sit on sticks and don't move. So. Yeah, you know that's my. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right you, now the my, the bread lie are even doing that. They're all perched on on who, small hey, sticks. Who gave you them bread lie? Who produced those bread lie? <laughs> Well, nobody gave them to me. I was forced to pay for them at some point. You're damn right you were. <laughs> That's but why yes. I said, who produced them? They are my rogue reptile bread lie. Yeah. They're they're in the same rack with my rogue reptile uh, tigers. I need to see, yeah. you need to post more pictures of these animals and talk about me in good life. Yeah, they're... They're 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 eating like crazy right now. They're all up to like either two two big fuzzies or um, two big pinks. They're eating mm. like crazy. 
So, nice. so that's going to be because I'm on vacation this week, so I'm 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 a snake breeder this week. Okay. So, are, yeah. Are you, uh, are you are you experiencing uh, the? Are you in breeding mode yet? Because um, you're local, so. Um, well, I was in breeding mode until I found out that um you can't really make babies with two females. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's kind right. of a problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it no, no. See, you know, I actually came across what what I consider like the the prototypical you know biochondra, which is that yellow and green blotch one. Uh-huh. To me, that's like that's a con that's a biochondra right there more than anything else, so I had an opportunity to buy one, so I buy it. Uh-huh. And I forget, you know, like I, everybody I've dealt with, when they say they're sending me a mail, I know it's a mail. I don't have to check it. It's a mail. I didn't think about it this time, so the guy sends it to me. I put it in quarantine, get it out of quarantine, go through the whole cycle, put it in with the female. The first night with the female, she goes ape shit on it. So I'm like, okay, well, she's probably, you know, I'm figuring, yeah, it must be a male because she's not really digging them. So I take them out, give it a couple of days, put them back in there. She's mellow. For three or four days, nothing happens. So I'm like, <sighs> 5 o'clock one morning, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to take, you know, before I go to work, I'm taking her out. Um, put her, put it in the cage, and as I'm putting it in the cage, I'm letting it run through my fingers, and when I get the cloaca, I'm like, whoa, that's something wrong. I got to go to work, so all day I'm thinking about it. When I get home, I go upstairs, I go check the cage, and lo and behold, it's a female. And I was just out. Oh, God, I was so pissed. So, wow. But I finally, I tracked down a male, and I actually tracked down a really good-looking male with a lot of black in it. So he's actually um, quarantined right now. Okay. So I'll be back <clears throat> on track at uh, like six weeks. Yeah, in about six weeks. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, okay. but, you know, and then I got the other one. The other project is um is the uh, the um, the Cyclops that I got from the Rico Walder auctions and the um the Arafat Outcross that I got from Luke Snell. Okay. So, yeah, well, that one. I think he's a little intimidated by this big girl because she, she's a big girl. And I think he puts in, you know, he's he's giving it the yeoman effort. But I think when he realizes that, you know, she's like 800 grams and he's like 300 grams, I think right. it's a little bit scary. You know, I think he's a little intimidated by it. So I take him out, every, you know, when it's feeding time. He eats, he eats like a pig, you know. It's just, right. I'm I'm kind of thinking he this may not be his year, you know. He's just size wise for her, he's not um, he's not up there yet. So right. we'll see, you know. But yeah, I am. I mean, I'm kind of in breeding mode. Yeah, I mean, as far as that, I'm doing the eyelash vipers, and I'm definitely doing the biocs. I may do the bioc male to the cyclops. I'm not really sure about that one, but um. I mean, yeah, I'm in I'm in breeding mode. The the heat kind of threw me off for a while. Yeah, but, um, yeah. You know, but other than that, I mean, it's it's getting cooler again, so we'll see. You know, I think it's just gonna throw. I mean, as far as 
far as I go, it's going to throw everything off maybe about three weeks to a month. Yeah, know, as far as like cycling and all. But yeah, I'm what's in, you know no rush yet. What's weird for me is being uh, you know bring a snake breeder now. It's like I'm praying for the cold and the snow. <laughs> Where yeah, in the yeah. past I'm like, no, you can keep that. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, I don't want no that, parts of how, that. That's how I used to be. It's like I never looked forward to fall and winter until I decided that I'm going to breed every year now. You know, right? I used to not think about it because it's like, well, you're racing right through spring and summer, and you know. Uh, those those are the days I enjoy, but now no, I want to get the fall. I want to get the winter. Yeah, you know. So um, crazy. I'm still not. I don't have any adult carpet, so I'm not. Um, I'm not worried about about you know like the winter stuff because I'm not cooling down any carpets. But I know once I get all that going, then I'll be all right. Then I'll be yeah. you know in that mode with those. Yeah. So, but no, right right now it's just chondros and eyelash wipers. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I enjoy it. One, yeah. Hopefully, I could talk uh, Owen one day into um, selling eyelash wipers for me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. No, we need to get this off the table right now. Owen has had far too many near death experiences at the hands of venomous and crocodilians. So there are two things that Owen will not ever deal with, venomous and crocodilians. So no, well, you know, they, they, the, the eyelash vipers kind of have keel scales like a, a rough scale, so, you know. Sorry. Close. Venomous. <laughs> venomous. No. It's only it's only venomous if it bites you. Uh, it, Yeah, <laughs> we want to avoid that. And having that I escaped a mamba, a black pack, and a spectacled, and a root of vipers, Without getting killed, I'm not gonna take it when it's an eyelash viper from you, which would that would be the way it would go too. Be an eyelash viper from Buddy. So yeah, uh, no, uh, uh, make Eric do it. He'll take him to He's not tempting fate. No, yep. no, nah, I'll pass. Uh, I can, I, I'll, I'll admire them from afar. <laughs> I won't even admire them from afar. I'll, I had my experience when I was young with Venomous, and uh, now I'm done. Yeah. And you know what? That's really what it is. I mean, still, I know some people who do Venom, um, like the guy Frank who does Hamburg, you know, the one guy he sells a lot of. He's, I mean, he he's always got, he's always talking about, you know, he constantly has contact with him. I'm, I still admire him from afar. The only time then that them containers are open is when it's time to feed them or time to clean out their 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 containers or put water in there and miss yeah. them once a week that's it yeah. i can't yeah. I, I won't get into the whole trying to handle them trying to hook them trying to you know i've heard what some guys say oh you can kind of calm them down to where they're they'll get used no. to it no, i don't i don't care i don't care if they do hey uh-uh. more more power to you it'll never happen with the two i got wall-to-wall yeah. cobras, and it was it was interesting to watch. And to be honest, those animals, you know, those forced cobras, it was only a moment of time before they killed somebody. So, yeah. Yeah, no. And, and, and well, that's still a funny thing in Hamburg when you go around and you see those guys and, you know, there are people sitting there making deals, and I'm sitting there going... 
why? Some guy, like, there was some guy at the last hamburger who goes, oh, yeah, I got fit yesterday. And he holds up this, what I thought at first was like an oven mitt. But, no, that was his hand. It was blown <laughs> up to the point he goes, I might have to go to the hospital tomorrow. I'm like, what the is wrong with you? Yeah, I'm 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 never going to bring it. I'm never going to get if I ever get that close, then they're out of the door. If I ever I got, get I, close to, uh-uh, I got out. today by one of the rough scales. She actually put the tooth like near my fingernail and like hooked it in there, and then she was caught and I was caught and we're kind of staring at each other. Guess what? I just bled and moved on. It's totally cool. If yeah, if one of the, it's something like a viper puts a fang on another end of a deli cup air hole and scrapes me. I've had uh, I had a boss end up in the hospital for two weeks because a venomoid cobra scraped him with one of his fangs and his arm blew up. You can have an adverse reaction to just their saliva. No. Yeah. No venomous. Although I do want heal monsters. Damn it. Yeah, well, see, and that, that's that's one of my other no one, bucket no list animals. From Gila, no one's died from Gila monster bites. You get very, very sick. And it's a Gila monster, and I want yeah. it. So it's okay. Well, I, my my days of working at um at Martin's Aquarium, you know, the, the guys who did the the venomous, they would walk in, and you know, like thumbs and fingers. One guy's got like a missing top of his index finger. What happened? Oh, a monocle cobra. Really? Like, and he says it like you know, you know, like he, he you know, like he stumped his finger, you know, stumped his toe or something. You know, like, wow. We should have known then by what Martin's Aquarium was where we were all headed. So. <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew where I was headed. Yeah. You know, and and the, I knew where I was headed. And, and, and the the worst part about it is if Martin's Aquarium was still around, I mean, just what would be going on around here would be so amazing. Well, you be, know, they it, had, uh, it was literally a block from my mother's. Literally a block yeah. from my mother's house. And it's like... If I had been plugged into reptiles at all when it was still open, I would have been yeah. there grabbing stuff and walking at home. It would have been yeah. a terrible place. Yeah, uh, my, mother yeah. would, my mother would have had that place shut down to stop me. Like, <laughs> you guys don't understand. So Yeah, I, that place, when it closed, I bought four, four albino berms and just for shits and giggles, I bought a um, um, a pair of uh, Borneo Bloods, but I wound up selling them right away because they were boring. But now I regret the shit out of that. But still, yeah. <laughs> these are boring. But yeah. But no, it was. It was amazing. Like they, I mean, and, and the things they had in there. I mean, it, you know, and that that was the fun part about it. Like you would go to work, and it's like all of a sudden you see Guyana boas all over the place because the female had the babies last night and they got out of the. The, the glass aquarium that they were That's in. That's not a good thing. That's it wasn't a, a good thing. No, it That's isn't. What it's I mean. not good at all. <laughs> but I mean, they had they had the things booked. You know, they had they were the ones that were bringing in those animals that that you know you wouldn't see at PetSmart or anywhere else. They were bringing I mean, the one the one time they had it. They had a, a chondro. Somebody tried to steal it. The thing bit its face when he was <laughs> trying to steal it. <laughs> And it was on videotape. It was the funniest thing you've ever seen. You That's know, it was. Awesome. I mean, <laughs> they had they had um, dwarf caimans. You know, you don't yes. see those in pet stores anymore. 
Uh, I, I got yelled at for playing with the baby Crocs or at one of the, or in one of the alleys once. So yeah, I mean that that was the thing they had. They you know every spring they would have you know a shipment of crocodiles come in. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. The two years that I was there was amazing. You know. Oh, oh my God! If that was still yeah. around. Yeah. So oh. buddy was probably the guy who yelled at me, so that's probably why I give buddy shit. So, no, I didn't get no. Yeah. I didn't get paid enough, so I let you do whatever you want. They barely paid me. They barely paid me enough to clean snake cages. Yeah. I wasn't going to yell at any. I'm not there to babysit. You want to get bit? Go ahead, have fun. Yeah. Don't tell them I was around when it happened. That's all. Uh, sweet. They didn't pay me enough. So, but yeah, I just wanted to wish you guys a happy holiday. And um, yep, they were off for two weeks, so. I don't know what I'm going to do next week while I'm cleaning cages. Have fun with that. Yeah, i got to figure out something. So, <laughs> well, But, and I guess I'll, um, well, I'll be talking to you, Owen, because I just, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment and can't stay away from the abuse too long. Huh? Look on the bright side. Look on the, look on the bright side. I'm out at Rettles and Tigers. So I can't get you unless you want coastals and jags and some other stuff. Well, um, I, I I still gotta get I gotta add to the coastals because that um that that uh, I'm M so pen I got. Glad you said that. But anyway, yeah, I know. Um, it's it's one of those things. Plus, we have a reprieve till like February, and there's another show. So, and I'm almost out of yeah. date. Yeah, wait till I produce. So then I'll get you'll you. Be, then I'll get you on some you'll like, be, annex or something. You'll be happy to know that the uh, M pens have been locked probably more Why? than any other pairing that I have this year. The stripes? Uh, the stripes? No. Yeah, yeah. What oh, you cool. That re- that... the M pens after I enough out of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'll, I'll take whatever I, I Well, you know what? When when Eric when Eric says something locked, I don't. You know that that's like uh, Bill put up that that picture of the one. I was going to actually comment that he actually got a snake out of Eric. It's the most amazing thing. Well, so, the you zebra. Know. Oh, the yeah. uh, the albino zebra jack. Yo, yeah, so, that albino zebra to, is awesome. You too. have to really have something that Eric wants in order to get snakes out of him. It's the only. Oh, yeah, that's but you can't money. call you. But 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 you can't say I sell a uh, breed and sell snakes unless you. show. I'll listen tomorrow. 
And uh, all right. I will I will talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon, Owen. All right. Bye, buddy. All, all right, right. Later, guys. See you, buddy. See you. Cool. Yeah, hey, I man, guess. Uh, people call. I guess I'm gonna have to work on selling him a snake. What the heck? You are gonna <laughs> have to, yeah. Yeah. One of those things. Um, hey, um, you show no love, Owen. Hey, I sell him snakes. You don't do shit. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we're at the uh, the last ten minutes of the year, oh, and it's like the ball is oh, dropping God. down. Do to do. I'm gonna two weeks of nothingness. Yeah, I thought about it today. I was like, wow, next Tuesday I'll just be cleaning snake cages and won't be worrying I'll about. Be, yeah, I don't even know what to do. It's like yeah. <laughs> All right, so oh, Eric, you feel like you want to talk? <laughs> yeah. Can we just talk together? Um, Dad. <laughs> the uh I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on this article. Um uh, what do you think? Should I uh, well I guess Owen oh, if you do have it. a comment or whatever, then you know, feel free to just uh to yeah. jump in or do you wanna wait? How do you wanna do it? Just go just go read the article and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Just I wanna make sure we get it before Time runs out. Yeah, this is true. All right. Yeah. So, like I said, this is from uh, the Vivarian magazine, um, and it's uh, volume six, number six. And just so you guys have an idea of when this came out, it was in, I think it was April, May of 90, wait a minute, 1990, I'm trying to look for the date. Doesn't have a date. It's nineteen ninety at some time. Yeah. yeah. I wanna say ninety three, I believe. Okay. Um so this is an article by Dave and Tracy Barker. And I'm gonna read it as it is, so it's not like um when I say I it's not me. I hope people understand that. So <laughs> <laughs> we've never read anything on the air, but uh all right, here we go. Yeah. Um uh, it's called A New Python in Captivity from New Guinea, the New Guinea Carpet Python. Uh, despite what many old zoo inventories might say, it is only during the past two years that specimens of the carpet python from New Guinea, Morelia spilota variegata, which they called it back then. My brain. Very <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> yeah. Um, have, have been imported into the United States. Uh, the earlier and erroneous stories of the New Guinea carpet pythons in the United States resulted from one of the most dramatic chapters in recent zoo history, an event so traumatic that it generated something of a born-again geographic miracle for many zoo, many snakes in zoo collections at the time. The story of the first New Guinea carpets, in air quotes, <clears throat> is, is woven through many formative events in the evolution of herpticulture as we know today. In the early 1970s were the good old days for Dave Barker. Uh, he had a huge private snake collection and was a junior keep Texas zoo. Tracy was still in middle school. Her stints in the zoos would come several years later. As it turned out, I had a ringside seat for these events that were going to relate. 
Back in the late 1960s, there had grown two huge exotic reptile importing businesses in the United States. They shall remain nameless here, but one of them was on the east and one was on the west. Every other month or so, most zoos, (laughs) every other month or so, most zoos received price lists from these businesses. List of inventory are. (laughs) Yeah. List of inventory unlike any ever before. They eagerly anticipated list with single space, small font, both sides of several pages. These lists use scientific names to identify the animals that have never before been imported. Animals so rare that often the price list had the first ever published common name. Uh, For that matter, some even had the first ever scientific name, not that they were actually the real scientific name. Many of these animals previously known only to academics and seen only in jars on shelves of museums. It was several hours of intense studying to absorb just what was detailed on these wish lists. We suspect that most of our peers first learned scientific names from these lists, generating their first awareness of hundreds or thousands of taxa of reptiles and amphibians. It's difficult for many herpetoculturists who have become interested or grown up in the past 20 years to realize some of the differences between now and then. One major difference was that there was very few books available or of interest to herpetoculturists. There was none of the lavishly colored illustrated books that today line bookshelves, price lists, particularly from these two businesses were often the most available, informative, and current source of information for eager-to-learn young herpetoculturists. The zoos Mm -hmm. eagerly compared for the price... uh, I'm sorry. The zoos eagerly competed for the price list, and the best customer received an early copy of a list or a phone call from one of the owners of these businesses if an animal of particular interest was expected or received by one of the businesses. These businesses dealt with very few individuals. Price lists were seldom seen by most private collectors or hobbyists. The names and phone numbers of these two businesses were often closely guarded secrets. There were no magazines in which to advertise or glean information from advertisements. In fact, individuals seldom bought the big dollar animals from the dealers. In those days, there were several serious big-time reptile collectors scattered around the country. But there were no reptile breeders and there was no money generated by reptile breeding. Captive-bred reptiles or amphibians were almost unknown in those days. It was during that period of time that many of the Australian species of pythons, monitors, and a few Australian elapids seen in captivity today were imported into the United States. Australian laws were not as strict as they are today, but even then it was illegal to export reptiles from Australia. We have no knowledge of how these pythons or monitors made it to the United States. (laughs) 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 But it was a matter of record that they appeared on these lists and many were purchased by zoos. Incredibly, both of these businesses got in trouble for importing Fiji Island iguanas. At the time, there existed a bizarre Catch-22 situation regarding these particular species. The government of Fiji 
at one set of laws that permitted the export of these lizards, even issuing a legal export license for these lizards. At the same time, another set of laws expressly for, forbade the export of these lizards from Fiji. The, the existence of the second set of laws made the importation of the Fiji Island iguanas into the United States a violation of the Lacey Act. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it just talks about the – I'm not going to read that. Uh, now came the drama and the trauma in zoo reptile collections. In 1976, many curators of reptile departments were subpoenaed to appear and testify before a federal grand jury held in Philadelphia. Mm, to our hello. knowledge, <laughs> charges were specified against the curators, uh, nor did any even go to the trial, but they were all suspect of buying animals of possible illegal origin, particularly Australian reptiles, from the two dealerships that had been busted for the Fiji Island iguanas. Many of the curators did appear before the grand jury that was convened. They were questioned about their relationship with the two dealerships and their relationship with each other. Above uh, about the the propriety of their own philosophies and collections and about the animals that they were that were in the collections for which they were responsible. Ultimately, no charges were brought against the curators other than a few were found uh, uh wait a minute other than a few reported um migraines ulcers and drinking problems that were non negative effects on the careers of which they were aware nice. the effect <laughs> the effects of this were stunning to everyone who was involved, even those of us watching from the sidelines, the repercussions from this event known in zoo circles as the Philadelphia Inquisition continue to ring till this day. We are all dumbfounded by what happened. We had perceived ourselves as just reptile lovers obsessed with our interests. To the government, we apparently had all been highly suspicious and possibly illegal fringe group that were dealing animals at the international level. Suddenly, reputations and careers were at stake, and only because of our blindly pursuing of herpticulture interest. An era of innocence and naivety ended. Herpticulture suddenly got more complex, and it has never been the same. There were numerous results from the Philadelphia Inquisition. Smart zoo curators got much more meticulous about the origins of their animal acquisitions and the associated necessary paperwork. One of the reptile dealerships folded. The other went into obscurity. In the vacuum, their absence created many of the reptile dealerships in existence today. All of us who had our eyes and ears opened by this incredible turn of events realized for the first time that wildlife laws and regulations weren't just meant or enforced against nature rapers. They also included us who loved and worshipped reptiles and amphibians. The miracle that happened was that suddenly most of the Australian reptiles that had been in zoos suddenly became New Guinea reptiles. For example, snakes that had been labeled by zoo lobby graphics as brown water pythons from Australia became 
New Guinea water pythons. And Gould's, monitors, <laughs> and Gould's monitors from Australia were relabeled New Guinea sand monitors. Carpet pythons, once fairly common in zoo reptile collections, suddenly became in many zoo collections. And this, and that is the story of origin of the first New Guinea carpet pythons. They probably were all coastal carpet pythons from Queensland, oh Australia. Or that's what what they had been before the Philadelphia Inquisition. Many of these snakes are still around. Some are still labeled as New Guinea carpet pythons. Uh, So, uh, New Guinea is the second largest island in the world, and it is divided into two political entities. The western half is known as Irian Jaya, a territory of Indonesia, and the eastern half is an independent country known as Papua New Guinea. To the best of our knowledge, the first live carpet pythons ever imported into the United States that actually were from New Guinea came into the country in 1993. These New Guinea carpet pythons are from the vicinity of Maruk, or Meraki, Irian Jaya, the southernmost point of New Guinea, just to the west of the international boundary between Irian Jaya and Papua New Guinea. Carpets in New Guinea have a very restricted range and are found in two or three separated areas in New Guinea. The Irian Jaya population and the central population in the western district of Papua New Guinea have been may be in contact, and and a separated population of carpet pythons is found in an area along the central south coast of Papua New Guinea in the vicinity of Port Moresby, the capital of Papua New Guinea. The snakes from Mm -hmm. all three populations are similar in appearance. The New Guinea carpet python is related to and strongly resembles the northwestern carpet python of Australia, Morelia spolota variegata, in color and pattern. The New Guinea carpet python has a predominantly ring pattern with 55 to 68 pale rings on the neck and body. The ring patterns typically continue on the tail. Many specimens also have a pale vertical stripe on all portions of the length of the body. Um, And then, yeah, it sort of just goes into... um, Breeding them, things like that. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I I find that interesting because you know there's often a debate about um, the idea of you know locality, uh, specific species, whatever it would be, and it's labeled one thing, and then all you know everybody takes that as it is. And you'll hear people argue that if you didn't collect it yourself, that you don't know um, what it is. But it just goes to show you that even the people that are running zoos and such, um, you know, just go and switch names <laughs> so they don't yeah. get in trouble. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know that this sort of ties in with the story of uh, the New Guinea carpet pythons that um, – you know, Derek Roddy has, um, which I have quite a few of those as well. But um, he often says that they were labeled as um, New Guinea carpet pythons. Uh, 
but the thinking was is that they you know is now that they may be coastal or Cape York carpets. But again, there's nothing mm-hmm. that proves that. But when you hear a story like that, uh, you start to think, mm, well, yeah, something kind of, So yeah, I don't know. What did you think? I th- I think it's it makes a very good point. You know, I mean, how many times we have condros who are like, hey, there aren't any condros on that island, but there's an airport on that island. Just because it says it's a this doesn't mean it's the locality or shit out there. So. Just the way it goes. I mean, you're telling me that that's ex- – I know exactly that is what happened in the 90s when they started getting the shutdown because uh, there were types of monitor, there were types of lizard, types of everything. So all of a sudden became New Guinea because you can slap that tag on it and ship it over. Only when the, uh, the uh, agents that inspect the shipments of animals here started becoming – you know, wiser and more educated in where these reptiles were from, did that all get shut down? So, and even then, there's still there's still loopholes that are being exploited. That was just the biggest one at the time. So, oh yeah, that happened all over the place. I think uh, uh, saltwater crocodiles were passed off as New Guinea crocs to get them into the country at some point. Um, I'm pretty sure they slapped the different labels on it, like telling you it's a different animal to get it in. So that would not surprise me at all. Sure. And then what do you do once it's here? Like, are you able to now, you you know what I mean? If it's here and like you lay low, I guess for a while, and then all of a sudden they become this and you know, it's really something else. And you know, you have to tell um, the like, how do you tell the story behind it? Well, imagine if let's say I had someone from Australia send me, Imbricata, under the guise of them being imported from whatever. Like, say they took them to New Guinea and shipped them out as, like, wild-caught Aryan jet. I can raise them up. I can get them up to size. I can breed them. I can sell them as Imbricata. Why? Because that's what they are. Now, are you telling me that some guy from Fish and Wildlife is going to notice that I'm selling Imbricata and wonder how the hell I got them into the country that much? Right. No not going to happen. But if I'm bringing in, like, truckloads of certain animals that we know for a fact are not here, like, say I had an entire shipment of 20 inland taipans coming in from Australia. Now we're going to notice what the hell these things are, because they're inland taipans. They could be nothing else but inland taipans. But they're labeled as, like, Indonesian something or others. They call them Indo-Taipans, the New Guinea Taipans. Now we're all going to be like, there's something fishy going on here. <laughs> right. it, depends, it, it all depends on what you can pass as certain things. You can probably pass different Morelia as different Morelia. Um, right. It's just what it comes down to, like passing lizards and skinks and other animals as other things. It's not going to work. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, yep. interesting. It's That's so weird all, to hear... What's that? I mean, all exportation should just happen through the pit that we talked about earlier. So. <laughs> yeah, with the uh, the stones around it. Yeah, the Watch magic hole that leads to Europe. Yeah, don't fall in the pit, Dad. <laughs> Unless you want to go to Europe, you know. Yeah. And a quick vacation. I mean, hell. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of vacation, Owen, uh, uh, it's almost that time, my friend. It is. Uh, yeah. Uh, another year down. Yeah. <laughs> we will be back on when will we be back? Let me get the date here. Uh, so know exactly <laughs> when it is. Well, I guess when we feel like it, Owen. Right? That's when. Damn we'll right. Back. We, will <laughs> we will be doing? back on, on January fifth. Got it. That's when we're back. Cool. January fifth. Um. So I don't know if you have anything else to uh, to chat about. Um. Uh, I would say if you are interested in a snake, come over, talk to us, and you have to come get it because I'm not shipping and all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll see everybody in the new year. And uh, thank you all for listening to us for this entire season. I know it's been a fun, weird season. And uh, that everybody out there has a safe and happy holiday and uh, we catch everybody back for next year, is all I would say. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I can't really say anything else than, uh, you know, right. happy, happy holidays to everybody. And, uh, you know, thank you for all your support. Uh means yep. the world to us. And um, as if we can uh, get more people excited about, uh, you know, uh, carpet pythons and, Australian, Indonesian reptiles, uh, you know, uh, or just reptiles in general for that matter, um, then uh, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So it should be a good next year, I think. Um, I think we have some some cool shows lined up and, um, you know, um, I don't know. Um, That's it. I don't know what else to say other than... uh, I don't got nothing else. You got nothing. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see you next year. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Then we're out. <laughs> we'll do a sign Everybody have a happy holidays from all of us here at NPR. To all of you out there, ha- have a safe, happy holidays. Good night, everyone.